Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to come before you this day. We come at our time to we pray, Lord, that your anointing will be upon us as we bring our needs and petitions before you as we are seeking, Lord, revival all across the globe. We pray that you be with us, Lord, and also we pray, Lord, as we look to your way, that you will speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want us to look at uh, Psalm 55 for today's meditation. Psalm 55, we'll read a few verses, verse 1 to 8. Listen to my prayer, God, and do not hide yourself from my pleading. Give your attention to me and answer me. I am restless in my complaint and severely distracted. Because of the walls of the enemy, because of the pressure of the wicked, for they bring down trouble upon me and in anger they had a grudge against me. My heart is in anguish within me and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me and has overwhelmed me. I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Behold, I would flee far away. I would spend my nights in the wilderness. I would hurry to my place of refuge in the stormy wind and heavy gale. Then verses 16 to 18. As for me, I shall call upon God and the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and at noon, I will complain and mourn and he will hear my voice. He will redeem my soul in peace from the battle which is against me. For there are many who are aggressive toward me. And one last verse, verse 22. Cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Perhaps I could have chosen any one of the prayer psalms of David for what I want to share today. We don't know uh, under what circumstances David wrote this psalm, but it is my understanding and belief that it was written after the coup by his son Absalom. David makes a specific reference to his friend, his counselor who betrayed him in verse 12 to 14. And I believe this friend to be Ahithophel. Although Ahithophel had an exalted position of being a friend and a counselor to the king, he was nursing a grudge against David. Even though God had forgiven David, Ahithophel could not forgive him for committing adultery with his granddaughter Bathsheba and then covering that sin, by covering that up by killing his son-in-law, grandson-in-law, Uriah. So when bitterness is in the heart, it explodes like a bomb, as we read from Hebrews 12, 15, that then causes trouble to many. It's very much plausible that the brain behind Absalom's treason was none other than Ahithophel. In his sovereignty, God allowed this treason to continue so far as his own judgment on David was executed for the very same sin. Absalom became one of the four sons of David to die according to David's own word that a sin of this type should be punished fourfold. And also God's word that a sword will not depart from his house. And what David did in secret, Absalom did in the public as for God's word to prophet Nathan. In the middle of this judgment, God responded to David's prayer to nullify Ahithophel's any further counsel to Absalom with the help of Ushai, another of David's friends. Finally, we know that David was delivered from the greatest trial of his life. Now, we must remember that Ahithophel was a forefigure of Judas who betrayed the Lord Jesus. To that extent, we can look at this psalm as partly in the sign when both Ahithophel and Judas committed suicide, and we know how they ended. I was looking at this psalm and considering the pressure and anguish that was there 
in David's heart and how he was dealing that in prayer. I want to briefly mention three points from this psalm that can help us pray today and then briefly share a specific burden that I have in my heart and ask you to direct your prayer in there along with other requests that are coming up today. Now, David's situation drove him to God as it must always do for all of us. In the beginning of his prayer in verse 1 to 18, 1 to 8, he expresses his deep anguish of his heart. I would call it as a prayer of despair and hopelessness than faith. He's not so much asking God to resolve the situation. He explains to God how he feels about the whole situation and desires that he'll be taken out of the situation. He wants to escape from the situation rather than be delivered from it. He cries out, oh, that I had wings to fly away and hide myself in some wilderness. I think many a times we feel like that. We cry out to God in despair and hopelessness, which is perfectly fine because that is an expression of our weakness and that we are dependent. But if it only, but our prayers must not stop from expressing our anguish alone without hope of deliverance. What does David do? He lifts himself up from that place of despair and hopelessness. There's a progression in his prayer. We see that same pattern in many of his psalms. He says in verse 16, I will call upon the Lord and he will save me. So he's moving towards faith. Is he going to pray only once? No, he says in verse 17 that he will pray in the morning, in the noon, in the evening. And then he expresses confidence that God will hear him. We don't know for how many days he prayed, but we know that David had moved now from a place of despair to complete confidence in God. His prayer was eventually answered in, uh, answered in verse 18. He says, God has delivered me. He has given me victory in the battle. And we know David won his battle against Absalom and he was reinstated as the king. He had faced the greatest challenge of his life and had come through. And he doesn't stop with that. Now he has a test, having had a prayer answered, he has a testimony to, to encourage others. He says in verse 22, ask others in a similar situation not to despair. Instead, he asks them to cast their burden upon the Lord. The verse which Peter quoted in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. He moved from a place of despair and hopelessness to a, to a prayer of faith. And then he has a testimony of an answered prayer and he encourages others also to seek the Lord. There are many in our group and we have situations like David. It may be a personal situation, it may be some loud one going astray, or it could be a situation like Steve faced face recently. So in this psalm, we are encouraged to move from despair to hope and confidence in God through prayer and that he would not allow the righteous to be moved. I want to apply, want to apply this situation to a specific situation, which is, uh, concerning my home country, India. I think there has been press in the last few days about the persecution that's happening um, in India. And I was in India for three weeks from the middle of November and had a first-hand account of what's happening there. Since 2014, uh, India is ruled by a new regime and that is, has one agenda to make India a Hindu nation. There's a cry all over the country, from every corner of the country, to bring back Hindu, a Christian and Muslim converts back to Hinduism. It's called Garvapsi. And there has always been a persecution in India by fringe groups, but now they're emboldened with a government which has a hidden agenda to make the country a Hindu nation. And I can give a couple of examples. There's, 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 a, uh, there's, a, there's a place where the church service was going on 
a group of Hindus came and started worshipping their God in the middle of the church service. It's like gates of hell invading the church. Another place, there were about 20 believers are prevented from attending their Sunday service for many months now. The number of churches, buildings are being attacked or desecrated. And the law enforcement or law enforcement is not supporting Christians. They are instead they're filing the charges against pastors and putting them in prison. And state after state has put bringing in a new law called anti-conversion law, which basically will imprison the person who converts anybody for 10 years. So even now recently, the many Indian Christian charities have been stopped getting funds from overseas. Recently, the missionaries of charities founded by Mother Teresa had a foreign account closed. Christians are only about one half percent population in India, so therefore they do not have a political voice. Whereas so much is not happening against Muslims because there are 20% Muslims in India. India is the second largest Islamic country in the world. So there is not so much of uh, persecution against them. So when I looked at the Psalm, I was feeling the same anguish believers are facing in India as David was feeling. So there's a cry from Indian church for God to intervene. And I have felt many times that we need uh, times like Elijah had, not that we desire the, the destruction of the enemies of the enemies of the cross, enemies of the cross, but rather they are convicted and converted to come to know the truth of the Lord. I felt in my heart that you know we want the times that were there at the beginning of the church. In the book of Acts, we read in Acts 2:43, and fear came upon every soul. Even the persecution was there, people held believers in high esteem. Not that we want people to hold us in esteem, but we need that fear of God to come upon people, even what we heard about, about what happening, what's happening in Canada and other countries with this persecution is raising. We need God to move in a very special way in our times uh, to the fear of God may come upon people, that it will result in people turning to God. We don't seek anybody's destruction as Christians. We seek that other people turn to the Lord in many numbers. So we may be encouraged in this desperate situation to seek God's face and pray and join our hearts with persecuted brothers and sisters all over the world and that uh, God would visit us once again by his Holy Spirit and uh, that we will have a testimony to speak about. Amen.